Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out. On this episode, we're going to talk about sex education. Now, (laughs) before you start laughing, understand that this conversation is PG-13. You know, normally we get kind of downright dirty and nasty, uh, but this one's going to be a little bit more lighthearted. So if you haven't had sex in a while, it's okay to keep listening. You won't be uh, (laughs) turned on by this conversation. (laughs) Uh, Nonetheless, um, I came to this topic because... I was doing some reading the other day and I stumbled across an article that mentioned something about uh, sex education in school. And it got me to thinking back to, you know, back in the day. Uh, So at least where I'm from in South Carolina, um, they pretty much talked about or at least at the very least introduced uh, sex education to kids when they were in the seventh grade. So that was middle school for us. Ironically, at the time of this recording, I have a seven, uh, seventh grader and um, I'm not sure if they've talked about sex education yet at school. Uh, I, <laughs> I probably should ask him after this podcast is over. Uh, of course, I've talked to him about it, but um it just got me to thinking back to that time. Now, for me, that was, you know, that was 80s. That was late 80s. So, you know, it was a long time ago. Right. But it got me to thinking, like. When you think about what sex ed actually taught kids back then, it taught them a lot, but it didn't teach us everything. Um, and there, there are a couple of things that sex education just didn't teach us at all. Right. And I'll touch on those in this podcast. Um, But yeah, it got me to thinking back to, um, you know, sex ed and, you know, just being young and just dumb and not understanding anything. And of course, that was a different day and time. Uh, You know, our (laughs) a lot of what we uh, got a chance to see and experience until you actually had sex was, you know, what we saw on TV or magazines. So, um, you know, so you could have the uh, we didn't have the opportunity at pushing a button, you know, on the Internet and being exposed to whatever you could find on the Internet. I mean, the Internet is, you know, you could, I'm, I'm pretty sure when it comes to sex education or sex or porn or whatever, you probably could find whatever it is that you would like to find. And I'm pretty sure that most of you listening probably know a couple of sites. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, and I always put this disclaimer out when, you know, when I talk about sex on the podcast, uh, just for those of you who don't know me on a personal level, um, I have only had sex once in my life, right? And my wife and I have four kids. <laughs> so take that for what it's worth. Um, nonetheless, I think it's very important when you think about sex education is that it's just that it's education. But, you know, the schools weren't necessarily equipped to get into the nitty gritty, if you will, or the details as to what we should or shouldn't be doing. Um, I do remember uh, girls talking about having 
conversations about the menstrual cycle. Um, and I did, <laughs> and I did have a friend, um, and I'm not going to mention her name cause she's, she'll kill me if she hears this. Uh, but I did have a friend who got her first menstrual cycle and she had on some white pants at school. <laughs> oh, and, and of course I'll never tell you. I mean, only people who went to school with us would know that. And you know, no, but she's not going to hear this. But anyway, she know she knows she's my dog. Um, nonetheless, I mean, so they talked about stuff like that. And I found it interesting that, you know, even as these years have passed, uh, you know, I remember, you know, some of what the conversations were, but I, a lot of that stuff I didn't even remember. And to be honest, um, a lot of at least where I was in South Carolina, again, in the late 80s, a lot of the sex education was more geared toward the girls and not necessarily the guys, right? So that made it even more interesting and more uh, appealing. Um, and I would later, <laughs> and I think I talked about this on another podcast, but I would later go on uh, once I got through middle school, high school, and into college, I actually took a sex education class in college. And I got a seat. Right. A seat. And my mom hit the roof. <laughs> she was like, how the fuck did you get a C in sex ed? <laughs> oh, man. I to, to this day, I don't know. I mean, I came to class most of the time. I mean, I, we had a lot of people in the class. I'm thinking that the professor got me mixed up with somebody. There's no way I shouldn't have gotten a C. Right. But nonetheless, I got a C. And uh, the class was very interesting because the professor, she had to have been, I don't know, 71, 72 years old. She was she was up there back then. And this was in the 90s. So, you know, uh, hopefully she's still around. But if she is, she's very, very up there. Uh, nonetheless, she was a great professor. But again, I don't know how I got a C, but that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> maybe I don't know shit. I don't know. Um Nonetheless, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, sex ed was was different. And again, depending on where you lived and where you grew up, uh, I'm not sure how they, you know, introduced it or taught it in uh, middle school as well as into high school. Um, I do remember, uh, you know, it was a thing where, um, at least in my hometown, you know, people started popping up pregnant, uh, you know, as you got a little, as you matriculated a little bit further in your education. Uh, I actually had a girl who I went to school with. Um, we went to elementary school and she got pregnant. I want to say when we were in the seventh grade and, um, yeah, I think I did a, did I do a podcast on, I think I did a podcast on it. I know I did a blog post on it, but I'm pretty sure I did a podcast on it uh, <laughs> called Tales of a Seventh Grade Nothing. And and it's, I'm not calling her nothing because she was nothing, but she it's a funny story. But nonetheless, anyway, um, what was I talking about? OK, <laughs> sex ed. So, yeah, it's a lot of stuff that they taught us, but it's a lot of stuff that they didn't teach us. And what I wanted to do was kind of share with you guys a couple of things that I found in those articles that they talked about that, you know, 
sex ed actually didn't teach us. Uh, first thing, condoms don't stop everything. Now, this is true. There was a time, uh, particularly when I was younger, you know, they were just like, OK, well, if you're going to have sex, have a condom. Make sure you have a condom on. And I mean, that became paramount because uh, as I moved into my, you know, high school and then college, um, HIV was very prevalent. I mean, my freshman year in college, it was 1991 and November 7th, 1991. I'll never forget it. That was the day that Magic Johnson announced that he had, he had HIV. And when I say that shook everybody, it shook everybody because you just did not picture Magic Johnson having HIV more or less. And you did not picture someone like Magic having HIV and then being able to live. Honestly, that day that we saw him, I thought that was the last day that we would see Magic Johnson. Uh, he looked healthy and we thought that was it for him. Uh, nonetheless, you know, so condoms were a big thing. And I remember, you know, obviously in college, you know, them passing out condoms and things of that nature. So uh, it was paramount that you wore a condom. I mean, like you just <laughs> you were encouraged to um, in some ways, depending on who you were running with, you might have been reprimanded for not wearing one. Uh, and I'll get into that in just a second. But that's one thing that, you know, uh, sex ed didn't teach us that condoms don't stop everything. Yeah, a condom can prevent you from impregnating a woman, a young lady. Um, but some STIs and some HPV strains can be transmitted through skin to skin contact, even if you use a condom. Now, for clarification, these STIs are very common and aren't tested for by doctors unless you specifically ask. So while it's not likely, it's very possible. So you want to make sure that, you know, even when you're using a condom, you're using it correctly, because that's another thing, too. You know, <laughs> I remember, you know, grown people saying, hey, make sure you use a condom. But they never told you about how to put it on. <laughs> and I mean, to be honest, Nobody never showed me like you could have used the banana or cucumber or something to do something to show me. I mean, come on, bro. But, you know, the first time you put it on, you know, probably in the heat of the moment. <laughs> I mean, unless you just, you know, in the bathroom practicing or something. I don't know. Um, shout out to those of you who practice putting on a condom in the bathroom alone. <laughs> um, nonetheless, as I mentioned you could be reprimanded for not wearing one. And what I mean by that is like, uh, I remember uh, in the 90s, cats used to like, we would kind of hold each other accountable to some degree, uh, you know, for wearing a condom or not wearing a condom. Um, like one of my boys, uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm, he's, he's going to kill me for saying this, but one of my boys, you know, we went to high school together and we went to college together. Uh, and so I would ask him, I, you know, like he might, he, I'll give you, I'll give you the, the scenario. Like, let's say I know he went out with a girl and, you know, 
something happened or whatever like that. And I have the idea that they had sex, right? Conversation might go like this. Yo, what up, man? Oh, chilling, man. What, what happened last night with old girl? Oh, man, I got it. <laughs> oh, you smashed? Word, man, I smashed. I was like, you went raw? That's how I would ask him. I would be like, did you go raw? Because it would it didn't make any sense for me to ask him if he wore a condom because I need to know, did you go raw? And I remember one time he said, nah, yeah, he was like, yeah, I went raw. He's like, man, she looked, she didn't look like she had anything. <laughs> she didn't look like she had anything. Uh, yeah. So that was always funny. So, you know, we, I would mess with him and, um, I would call him the raw dog king. Um, so yeah, it, it was it was always interesting and funny when you had those situations. Uh, like I said, we tried to at least keep ourselves accountable um, as young men, you know, to make sure that we, you know, chastised uh, our friends who didn't wear condoms. But I mean, honestly, like I said, sex ed didn't teach us that condoms don't stop everything because they don't. Uh, like I said, it could keep you from you know, getting somebody pregnant, but you know, there's some STIs that it cannot prevent you from getting. So, uh, you have to be careful. Um, Oh, another thing that sex ed did not teach us. You got to pee after sex. (laughs) Nobody told us that. (laughs) Not your parents, uh, not anybody. I mean, it is very, very practical that you pee after sex. Um, and I remember reading it somewhere, but that was I probably was like, I don't know, well into college by the time I had heard that. But, yeah, it you know, for ladies, it can prevent uh, urinary tract infections Um but yeah, you, you definitely want to pee, uh, you know, for guys that can prevent kidney infection, it can prevent, you know, some type of transmittal sometimes. Um, and then it's also, you know, I mean, it goes without saying you should, <laughs> you should wash after sex. Uh, but I'm pretty sure some of you nasty people don't wash after sex. Again, I've only had sex once, so you know, I'm not included in that discussion. <laughs> Nonetheless, um, yeah, that's something that nobody told us. Yeah, you you need to pee after sex. Um for guys, if no reason if for no other reason just to get everything out. I mean, you know, and then I know it's hard <laughs> Why am I cracking up? Uh it's hard to pee after sex. Pun intended. Um Yeah, it's hard to pee if you have an erection, but you do need to pee after sex, fellas. I mean, it, it you'll feel much better. Pee, wash, they should all go together. Um, but yeah, nobody told us that. And I, I, I never heard that in high school. I never, um, by the time I took my sex ed in college, sex ed class in college, uh, I don't even think uh, our professor mentioned that either. Um, but yeah, that's something that you should do. Uh it, it, it is a must. Um, what else did they talk about? Uh, they talked about also point three. Foreplay is crucial, especially for women. 
Bruh. <laughs> um, I think we've gotten a better appreciation for this after we've gotten older. Uh, when I say we, I mean as men, young men. Um, because when you're younger and you're having sex, you know, you just... <laughs> You just want to dive right in. <laughs> you know, there's no, there's no, uh, you know, playing around. There's no, you know, if, I, I don't want to say there's no playing around, but there is, it's very little of that. I think, um, you know, you have to, uh, for lack of a better term, you got to start the car up first. Like you just like in the wintertime, think about it like this. If your car is sitting outside, it's been sitting outside all day. Uh, and then you want to go somewhere and, you know, you're not, if it's cold outside, you're probably not going to just jump in the car and go, uh, for you to get the maximum performance out of the car. You got to start the car up and let it warm for a little while, you know, get the engine going, get, you know, every, get everything moving, get the, get the cycles and the, um, (laughs) get the, get the blood flowing through the engine, if you will. Um, and then, you know, then you can move, right? You know, after everything's a go, after everything's warm, you can move. Um, same goes for the, the, the human body. Um, you know, fellas, and I talked about this on previous podcasts, but it's, it, it, it's definitely worth repeating. You know, fellas, you just can't just jump in. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like there has to be some type of, uh, you know, foreplay to get it started. And foreplay doesn't necessarily have to mean uh, touching. Foreplay can be, uh, it can be a look. It can be, uh, you know, motions. It could be, it could actually start with, you know, a little sex talk prior to maybe, you know, sexting via text or something like that. Um, It could be any number of things. I think you have to kind of be in touch with who it is that you're sleeping with to kind of understand what it is that gets them ready. Um, and then, um, you know, then you can get to it. Uh, ladies, same goes for men. Uh, you know, if you know where his spot is, don't just go to the spot. <laughs> you got to warm him up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like you got to get him, get him, you know, relaxed and ready and eased. And then, you know, that can actually uh, enhance the performance. You know, same goes for you, ladies. I mean, you can't expect a guy to, you know, just. It's like a car. I mean, he's in the summertime. If you're getting in a car in the summertime, you're going to turn the air on before you start moving. Right. Same applies. You know, you don't want to be riding in a hot car. And so, you know, men, you know, we need foreplay as well. Uh, I would venture to say that most I don't want to say most. I would venture to say that some men don't need as much foreplay as others. But, you know, that's where you have to know your mate. Um, But ladies, yeah. Don't just don't just jump on us. We we need cuddling too. <laughs> um what else? Uh did they talk about? Oh. This is very key, especially in the era that we're in, a uh, point 4 consent matters. Um I let me say that again. Consent matters. I don't care who you are how long you've been together or whatever the case may be, you need to be with someone when you're with that person, you need to make sure that they are as consenting to this, to this act as you are. Um, 
And obviously, you know, growing up, we heard the term no means no. And, you know, for a lot of men, I think sometimes, especially in the era in which we came up, um, that might have been a tough pill for them to swallow. But nonetheless, no means no. I don't care if you're, you know, both but booty naked, you know. No means no. If she says no, that's it. I don't care if you if you are have already started the act. And she's like, no, no means no. I mean, that's I mean, it's simple. And I think more than anything, you have to if that happens, let your ego aside and, you know, do what's right. Uh, You can't keep going because uh, let's call it what it is. It's rape. And we don't get down like that. And we don't approve of that. And I think um, I know in particular for me coming up in the 90s, uh, there were a lot of situations where I think the lines got blurred and guys stepped over the lines. And I think they used the fact that the lines were blurred as to a reason to step over the line. And it's never okay. And you'll never get any respect from, you know, any self-respecting man if you, you know, sexually assault a woman, you know, only a punk would do something like that. And I think we as men also have to hold ourselves accountable for when our friends or family members or people or dudes that we know have done stuff like that. And honestly, as a man, you don't have to go far to even if it's not somebody in your crew to know somebody who knows somebody who's done something like that. Um, and depending on the era in which you came up and, uh, you know, I've had these conversations with my sons, especially as they become teenagers, uh, you know, same thing. No means I don't, I told them, I was like, I don't care if you got to go take five cold showers. No, no means no. Uh, because it's about a, it's about a, uh, a level of respect, respect for her and respect for yourself. And you know, I always remind them, too, that, you know, you treat a woman like you would want someone to treat your sister or treat your mother or treat your aunt, that type of thing. Um, but, yeah, I've seen and heard, you know, many stories about guys and how they've gotten down, but not consent matters. And that's one thing that, you know, quite honestly, sex ed didn't teach us, but they probably should have. And I'm hoping that now uh, in this era that we're in, the Me Too era that they are really pushing that because here's the thing that I found far, far often, you know, we're telling the women, well, Hey, you should come forward. You should tell your story. You should tell your truth, but we're not talking to the men saying, Hey, you can't do this, right? This is not cool. Um, and I'll use, and I hate to bring him into discussion, but Bill Cosby, for example, you know, do I know what happened with Bill Cosby? No, but based on the testimony and everything I've heard, even if he had 60 accusers, even if I said, okay, well, I don't believe 59 of them, that one is one too many. And honestly, just on a personal note, I heard more than enough to believe that Bill did something to more than one of those women. And so that was enough for me. I don't know how many it was, to be honest, but to me, it was one and it was one too many. And Bill Cosby is a piece of shit. But, you know, I digress. Uh, but, yeah, we weren't told that. So sex ed didn't teach us that. But that's something that we have to learn uh, 
And and same for you, ladies. Consent matters. I mean, you have to be steadfast and strong in your conviction that no, this is not what I want to do. Like I said, in the eighties and nineties, uh, you know, there were a lot of some of the thoughts were like, and I'll give you a scenario. Okay, I'm in a room. I'm in a hotel room. I invite you over to my room, two o'clock in the morning. You know, so we know what's up. And but no, if she comes over, that doesn't necessarily mean that she owes me anything or I owe her anything. And I definitely can't take it. But there was a mindset of, well, she knew what she was getting into. uh, So it happened back in the day. That was the mindset back in the day. She knew what she was getting into. And that that really absolved men. And so we can't live like that. Um, Like I said, we're in a Me Too era and and I'm. I'm thankful for the women and men who speak up who have been, you know, sexually harassed or sexually assaulted, raped, whatever the case may be. Um, and these stories are horrifying and, and they happen far too often. But hopefully uh, we can change that. Um, and it starts with men. And uh, but like I said, consent matters. That's something that they talked about in the article. And it's very important. The sex that didn't teach us about consent. They just assumed that, you know. You're here. I'm here. So let's get it on. Don't work that way. Uh, (laughs) And finally, um, the one thing that sex ed didn't teach us that uh, we probably should know better. uh, Porn isn't real life. (laughs) It's not. Um, For those of you who have engaged in, 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 in watching at least one skin flick in your life, it ain't real. It's fantasy. And I think people have to keep that in mind because what you see on TV or on, um, you know, video or on your computer, whatever the case may be. Uh, nah, that's not um, that's not real. I mean, no, nobody stands on a table like that. Nobody swings from the lights like that. I mean, you could try it yourself, but hey. If you break that shit, you got to pay for it. Um, But yeah, you know, it's uh, the angles and stuff that you see. uh, The money shots. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it is, man, it's not is it's not real. Now, can you see something on film? or TV or movies or, you know, the computer and want to react it. Yeah, I guess you could. But at the same time, you know, fellas, you got to understand that what you see that lady on that TV screen do ain't necessarily what your girl going to do. And, you know, there's like I said, there's different there's cameras and camera angles and all kind of stuff. I mean, and I, I, I get it right. I, you, if you listen to this podcast long enough, you've heard me say the phrase and I'll say it until the day that I die. We're all freaks, some just bigger than others. And so I get it, right? I mean, I, I totally understand. At the same time, you have to remember that, um, you know, that is a form of entertainment for those who want to be entertained by porn, right? So if you're into skin flicks, if you're into the sites, you know, have at it. On the flip side, just understand that, you know, no ladies. Your guy might not look, (laughs) he might not look like the guy that you see on TV when he takes his clothes off. 
and 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 fellas vice versa you know she might not have all of that um but yeah for as entertaining as you may or may not find porn to be it is what it is it's entertainment for those who want to be entertained by it uh that shit ain't like that in real life it's not again you could try to recreate something that you see on tv but ultimately it ain't the same so yeah those are just some things that you know again sex ed didn't teach us um i think what's important is that we understand that you know what was taught and what wasn't taught and to be honest most of us particularly most of you listening are you know beyond the the age of you know learning about sex in school so you know i would assume that you've learned some things you've experienced some things and you've been able to bring those things with you along the way uh or you're like me you had it once never had it again That's going to do it for me. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle Podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. We'll catch you guys next time. 5,000.